Ulla and welcome to another episode of Wawam Ulla Podcast. This episode is the first episode in a new series we call Wawam Ulla Life. Today we are going to listen to Elisama from Mexico City, who is the founder and leader of Wawam Ulla. In this episode we are going to hear more about the story and vision of the base, how it all started and how it is to be pioneering and all the challenges that comes with it. Be excited. Thank you for listening. Welcome, Lisama. Thank you so much. This Warmula podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, maybe you can start with introducing yourself a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, who you are. Yeah, my name is Jose Elisama. I'm from Mexico City and I'm 33 years old by now <laughs> uh, yeah uh, what else family 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 things yeah <laughs> I have a mom <laughs> and a dad <laughs> and uh, I have three siblings I'm the oldest of the three my sister is the youngest um, and yeah I'm, I'm happy <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm the base director oh I want more okay yeah That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I like that you mentioned that because um, maybe you can explain more of that. Uh, it's gonna be that's what this episode is gonna be about, like uh, your work. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you are the base director. Yeah. Of a YWAM base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, YWAM or Hukum, as we say it in Mexico. Well, first of all, Waiwamola is not Hukumola. I think that's an important thing to mention. We are not Hukumola, we are Waiwamola, and the reason is because we wanted to uh, state from our name, like, it's the first thing that you encounter about us, is our name. I wanted to make a statement with the name, that we are bilingual and that we are international. Uh, so yes, we are Waiwamola, and we are part of Hukum or Juventud con una misión, with a mission, uh, yeah, around the world. There are two bases here in Mexico City. We are one of them. The other uh, is in the west part of the city. It's called Hukum Oriente, uh, but we are Waiwamola, as I already said, <laughs> and we are in the south, in one of the southern districts in the city, as you guys already know. It's called Coyoacan. It's really nice and fancy mm-hmm. and cool and artsy, and I really like it a lot. Uh, but yeah, uh, can you repeat the question? <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um, so you are the director, and uh, you are leading the base. Mm-hmm. Um, um How did that end up, or how did that? How did happen? that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, everything started when I was born. No, <laughs> no, uh, everything started, I would say, for me, back in 2010 with um, a ministry from Y1 Perth that is called Mega Cities. So, Mega Cities uh, is a ministry of Y1 Perth that focuses their missionary efforts on a mega city, duh. <laughs> A mega city is considered a mega city. I'm very redundant. I'm sorry, very sorry. <laughs> But a mega city is considered mega city when they go over 10 million people, right? So in Mexico City, we are 27 million people. 
And then why one period after praying, they felt that they should focus their mega city efforts in Mexico City back in 2010. I didn't know anything about Y1 uh, by then. My dad is a pastor. I'm a pastor myself. And then one of the teams of mega cities um, was looking to work with with the churches around our district. So they find out my my dad's church. So my dad introduced us to them. They weren't staying at our church though. They were just like creating connections um, with with us, or we were part of their network. And then we ended up working with them, my brothers and I. My sister, no really, because she was very young. Uh, she was 10 years old, 12 years old, I don't remember. But anyway, so we like the missionaries, we like these guys, like they really, they look like, you know, cool. It's, it's always cool to also gather with foreigners. Um, we didn't speak English by then, uh, so we were just having fun with them and trying to help them. Uh, translating their messages. They took us out to the streets to evangelize and we were doing an activity that was called Open Airs where they were presenting a drama then afterwards explaining it and um, and then just inviting people to accept Jesus in their hearts and praying for them and I was part of their translators which is funny because yeah I didn't speak any <laughs> English by then you know. So we learned to <laughs> preach or like to evangelize uh, through them, but not necessarily like, yeah, it was a weird training, I would say. Uh, after the first team, another team came and two more came. Uh, and I think it was during my sec during the second team that I got invited to, to join Y1. But I was like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, what does that mean? Because we didn't really know what was Y1 about. I thought that uh, it was like a seminar or something like that. Mm. Uh, long story short, they invited me to go. I prayed. The Lord responded uh, fina with finances, with my visas, with everything that I needed to go to Australia to do my DTS. And I went uh, in January of 2011. Um, um, yeah. I did my DTS in Perth and my outreach was in France, Nepal and the north of Australia. Um, to my surprise, when I arrived to Australia, I find out that Y1 was actually around the globe, including Mexico. And I was like, oh, come on. I came all the way here just to find out that Mexico also has a Y1 base. Uh, but it was also very cool to see that um, I wasn't the only Mexican coming to Australia. They said that I was the first one. Um, not, not only me, but there was another guy called Christopher Maris. And he, we came, we went together to do our DTS. Then on the next quarter, two more girls went to do a DTS outside of the, of the Mega Cities project in Mexico City, and then two more like it was like little waves of Mexicans going to Australia, um, including one of my friends. He was the last one going there. So yeah, uh, they were talking about Mexico and trying to start something in Mexico and the mm -hmm. revival in Mexico and all those things, and it actually. There was a revival among us. By then, I remember that churches were like a little bit more close to work with each other. You know, like if you don't, it was like if you don't work, if you are not part of our denomination, we don't work with you. But we were translators and they were, uh, Y1 Perth was doing gatherings here in Mexico City. Um, they called them the corporates. And during those corporates, we, we got to know each other. I mean, we, the Mexicans, 
with the translators got to know each other. So when y one Perth left, we came together, all the translators, and then we started doing evangelism in our different areas or where our churches were around the city. That was really cool. And out of that, a lot of friendships came up. Um, back in 2012, uh, one team from Norway that came with y one Perth back in, uh, in the 10, <clears throat> they kept on sending teams to Mexico City. And that was Waiwan Rugaland from Norway. And then I got in touch with the base leader. He invited me to be part of his translators. Praise the Lord. I could speak a little bit better by then. Mm -hmm. English, I mean. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I helped them. <clears throat> and then he just like shot out an invitation. like Or throw out an invitation. And he said, do you want to be part of a team that is about to rip a new Waiwan in Austria? And I would say, yes. So I went to... Norway in 2013 to take the School of Pioneering Leadership with the focus on re-pioneering Wyoming, Austria. Uh, I stayed one year in Norway, uh, then I went to Austria, uh, we restarted the work in Vienna, but things didn't really work out very well because of visas. Then I came back all disappointed to Mexico, and then the base leader called me back and he was like, oh, why don't you come to Norway instead? Like, I mean, you have a Norwegian visa anyway, so just come and serve with us. So I went there, and since I can remember, he has been always telling me about starting a Y1 base in Mexico City. Um, I didn't want that. I didn't want... Yeah, I didn't want... Right? Yeah, I didn't want that. Uh, I wanted, you know, like just to do something else, something more fun around the world. I don't know. Uh, I stayed in Norway for five years in total. And at some point, the Lord just... Um, yeah, the Lord just gave me the same vision. Um, he spoke into my heart and he said, uh, yeah, I want us to start a Y1 base in Mexico City. And I was like, okay, okay, it, yeah, sounds good to me, I guess. But it took me, that was in 2016, it took me more, like it took me two years to finally come uh, back to Mexico back in 2018, in July of 2018, with the idea of pioneering a Y1 base in Mexico. Um, in the beginning, I always thought, well, I'm going to work to do my best to build up a platform. So even if it's me or somebody else, if it's me or even if it is somebody else, uh, that we can build up something on a solid ground. You know, and uh, yeah, I ended up leading it. So I'm glad that I <laughs> tried to <laughs> to build a strong foundation mm -hmm. uh, because we are seeing like the, the the fruit of the work, not of my work, but I, or not of my work only, but the fruit of many people that has been working before us, like Y1 Perth, mm -hmm. Y1 Rugaland, all the team the teams that came. Uh, I think we are growing very fast, and the reason is because we are grow uh, we are building on a very strong foundation that was set before we even imagined on coming. Mm. Um, yeah, that's how we end up mm. leading it. Mm. So all these events like happening in Austria and Australia, Norway, is like you can see that it's pointing. Towards 
what is happening now or yes uh yeah i think um, it will be very naive i will say to think that i was i was the only one chosen for this you know i can see that a lot of the places where i've been and the path that i decided to walk with the lord is point was pointing towards this end mm. but i don't think i was the only one as i say there was a wave uh, some waves of mexicans going to australia and any of them could have ended up here you know leading the base um i believe that the lord wants mexicans to stand up in leadership and to and to lead uh so if i'm doing it i don't think it's because i'm the best i'm doing it because i say yes no i mm. uh, my pastor said that in one of his preachings that um when he took over his church which was not very normal <clears throat> that he, because wait let me rephrase reframe that so um, my pastor right now he's leading Uh, the same church that his dad was leading and his dad decided together with the board like to pass the leadership to to him he didn't want to do that but after the lord spoke to him he felt that he should do it so he stepped up and lead the church and then he said you know that wasn't my desire i didn't really wanted to do this i wanted to be a pilot mm. he says But I find out that in the vision of my dad, I find my purpose. So in the vision of my base leader, I found my purpose. I, I, could, I can say that. Mm. Or in the vision of other people, I found my purpose too. And now the vision also became mine. But it wasn't mine. So it was also for somebody else to take. But I took it. Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe you can explain a little bit or just put some words on how it is to lead a whole oh. base or like be the front figure. Yeah. And what is like the biggest challenges? Hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I don't like to be in front. <laughs> so that's one of the biggest challenges. <laughs> It's like uh, now, now I have to. Like I'm just thinking on the context of the base, okay? Yeah. Like we, uh, with our staff. Yeah. I'm thinking a lot on. I'm the I'm the the face of this, and sometimes I feel that our staff uh, or our students or or our friends doesn't get this uh, that I'm not the base. I'm the base leader. Mm. Uh, but I'm not the base. So a lot of the things that I said or that I that I say or that I decide are not even on my own benefit, but on the benefit of the base. But because I'm the face of it, it may look like I want to get a benefit out of it. Um, I think that's also the hardest part mm -hmm. to separate my 
my own image, personality, and person from the base. I'm not the base. Um, yeah, uh, it's cool. Is is I will say it's very encouraging to see people getting transformed by Jesus and by everything that we do. It's very exciting to see how we are growing and people is just like following Jesus through through the things that we do and and that He is calling us to do. It's really amazing to dream with more people uh, and all that. Like that that really excites me. Um, but sometimes it's not fun. I mean, it is, but it's not. Mm. Uh, it is. I I like kind of like I I like mind games, and I feel like the base sometimes is like a huge mind game, uh, where you need to like kind of like chess, where you need to move your pieces correctly and then just seek for the path that the Lord. Uh, is opening up for you so that you can freely move but understanding how to move the pieces so that you are not breaking any rule and all that so I, I like to think like that mm -hmm. but sometimes it's very exhausting and, and uh, yeah energy demanding um, however is something that keeps me uh, busy um, in a good sense and motivated I think yeah mm. I think that's Really good. It's a good uh, mental game. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Actually, it, like maybe you can also just explain how um, how did the base like start officially? How did that happen? Yeah. Like, all yeah. All things coming yeah as I started saying in the beginning if I could point at something or at the starting point of the base uh, the, the 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 point that I can recognize is when Y1 Perth came and then the next one is when the Norwegians came and the next one is when I came back like with all the teams that I brought from Norway to to work here and then but the official starting of the base Oh, the official start of the base was um, in July of 2019. Yeah, that why is the official starting point? Is because we got our building, uh, we rented a house, and that same day we started our DTS. So I will say that was the official starting of Guayamola. Before that, we even had other weird names like YWAM Nations and Bridges or something like that. Just, uh -huh. you know, just to try to yeah. involve people with us. But no, the official start was in 2018, 19 in July. The day the DTS The day started. that the DTS started and the day that we got the building, the 1st of July. Wow. Mm -hmm. Amazing. You weren't there. No. no, you no. weren't there. Ah, oh, that's true. No. Mm -mm. Not yet. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's one year and a half yeah. ago, kind of. How mm -hmm. has the base changed and developed since that? Aye. Since, <laughs> yeah, the well, very beginning. Yeah. Somebody told me that the people that you start with, it will never uh, stay and I denied that like, in my heart. I was like, no, that's a lie. But it's kind of true and it's not. 
because uh, I remember we, the first people that came back with me, the foreigners were two of them, it was Ryosuke and Celine, a Japanese and a Norwegian, and they are not here anymore, but they weren't the only ones. I, I cannot say that that was the, the core team, because there were other Mexicans around, but not fully committed yet. Um, then more people start joining and then uh, and they actually helped a lot with everything that we were doing but the team has changed so I would say that the first um, one of the big differences that we can see from the beginning until now is that the team has changed a lot um, we were more or not we but there was more foreigners <laughs> than Mexicans and uh, and now that's another that's one of the that's another difference from from that point until now uh, now there is more Mexicans and we still have some foreigners and it's cool because we're an international community uh, but I miss having more international people around um, we changed location which that was also like a big change we were in a very nice area in Mexico City close to a park and a store like a superstore uh, now we are in a very artsy and fancy, nice neighborhood in the southern part, or yeah, southern district in the city. Uh, so the location has changed, uh, the team has changed, the programs have changed. Like yeah, we are running four DTSs, and this is our second mm. round with uh, with uh, running them. So I I can see that our programs are improving a lot. Uh, the leadership has changed. I mean not only my leadership but also the leaders around have changed they are more mature and even even though it has been only one year and a half you can see like a huge change in their lives um i would say like christopher or rahel is like amazing to see them totally transform and becoming leaders you know um what else another change hmm I think those are the main ones, I will say. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So more people are coming? Yes. To be a part yeah. of the base? And it requires more space? Yeah. Yeah. How is it going with like, growing in that sense? Or in that? It's, in one hand, it's really exciting. Like, it's really exciting because it points towards the future. And that means that we are building with the Lord, right? And the Lord has more plans to build more things. Um, so that's really cool. When the Lord is bringing people with different visions or different ideas, it's, it's just very exciting. It's like, it's like, it's refreshing. So with the addition of new people, a new refreshment comes. Uh, yeah, and he's added to the team. That's really cool. Um, it's really cool to see, like, I mean, people speak too much about numbers. They sh they say that we shouldn't care about numbers because uh, is or is there is this constant battle in between numbers and quality. But I think that also numbers are an example of quality and um, not a result of quality. Mm. And that makes me think that we're getting better at what we're doing and that's that's good 
I'm not saying that we are perfect or better than anybody else, but for one year and a half of life that we have, it's very encouraging to actually see that we are growing. That means that our quality is getting better. And it's not only because of us, but also because of the people that is coming. So I remember Emily, for example, when she was talking about the, the media team. And when you guys came and brought all these ideas about doing a podcast and et cetera, et cetera, I didn't want to do that. And the reason was because I didn't want to increase the quality of our materials, right? Because uh, my concern was, oh, maybe later on, if you guys leave, then nobody will be able to keep that quality. But then she, she said something that totally transformed my head. And she said, well, but the Lord will provide and the Lord will send the people to keep on doing it. I was like, ah, oh, that's so true. That's so true because the Lord always provides. So to have a podcast now and, and different uh, media material is just very encouraging. Increase the quality of our material and the quality of everything we do that attracts more people with more vision. And, and yeah, that means that we are also growing. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, on the other hand, it's very intimidating because I'm an introvert. Um, I'm a very outgoing introvert, but I need a lot of time kind of to recharge. And you know, with more people, more attention, uh, more needs, etc., etc., um, that sometimes is very intimidating for me. It's like, oh no, I don't know if I will be able to provide. Uh, for everything that they need, which is already a wrong thought because I'm not the one providing, that's the Lord. Uh, but it still demands a lot from from the leadership team, including me. Not only me, but also from them. It uh, <clears throat> demands more space. We don't have a space right now, praise the Lord. We have two locations, but uh, it's not enough. It's not enough for families or for married couples like that they are looking for privacy. Uh, I don't think we have a space for children in case anyone, any children want to come, you know, or there is a family called. Uh, but the Lord called families and young married, uh, or married couples, anyways, uh, young people to come, including young married, married couples. Uh, and I'm thinking constantly of what are the needs, but also what are the things that we can do on this season. Because to think that we could do everything, I think that's also very wrong, you know? So I think our biggest, um, I won't call it concern, but our biggest, uh, how would you call it? Um, it's not a need either. Our biggest thing right now is the, mm -hmm. is the school, you know? Like we are about to rent this other property it's a school that has classrooms and it's of course will provide of more space but we're still uh, seeking god uh, to see if this is right uh, i believe it's right but i don't want to be wrong mm. and that's also one of my issues i always want to be right um yeah it's exciting it's really exciting oh, cool. and it's scary but it's cool yeah. Mm. Spicy. <laughs> Chili. <laughs> Spicy. Yeah. Um, but it sounds cool. Like, it's uh, it's amazing how much happened and have, have happened the last, like, only one year and a half. Mm. Uh, it sounds like it's like, a lot of things is happening um, to me. 
Um, I want to ask you a last question, which is also mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, it's, I think it's uh, very important to to know about. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you already said something about it, but like the, the like dreams. Is there any like specific dreams and visions that you have for Wamula? Um, yeah. Do you have anything like specific that you just wanna? I don't know. I wanna yeah. end up here or <laughs> something. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think one of our visions for next year uh, is to put a bit more of emphasis on raising up leaders um, Mexican leaders but also international leaders um, yeah because yeah leaders are good <laughs> to multiply the kingdom yeah. uh, we need leaders yeah, yeah. Uh, but our last goal I will say uh, until now, I don't know if it's going to change or, or being modified later on, but our last goal would be to have a campus of the University of the Nations in Mexico, in Mexico City. Uh, Mexico City is the largest Spanish-speaking city in the world. Uh, we are 27 million people. And I think that we have a lot of potential uh, or the city has a lot of potential to reach out uh, to a lot of places in the world. I have a theory that every language adds something about the knowledge uh, that we have about God. You know, and we have heard in the missionary world, we have heard uh, English, of course, we have heard Portuguese, we are listening to Chinese more recently. And all of those languages, I mean, all those, all that, that people bring something particular from the Lord, you know, but I can't remember very well in history we have ever heard Spanish or for a very long time. Um, and if we have, I think it's about time to have a second wave of Spanish speaker speaking missionaries mm-hmm. out there. I think that people has a lot to add to the Great Commission. Um, and if, if we are looking for a starting point, I think that Mexico City is the best. It's the biggest, the largest city, uh, again, as I said, mm-hmm. the largest Spanish-speaking city in the world. Uh, it gathers a lot of foreigners. It's in between North and South America. Like, we are a bridge in between the Americas, and uh, I've heard that it's also the closest point to go from uh, from America to Europe or to Asia. So I think it's very strategical. So to have a campus of the University of the Nations here that could impact the nations, that'd be great. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Sounds very nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, exciting. Um, well, thank you a lot, Elisama. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Wa Hula podcast and this episode about Wa
I hope that you got a better idea and insight of the base and how it all started. Again, thank you for listening. See you soon.